everyone, and welcome to this conversation presented by White House Custom Color. I'm Jed Toffer. Thanks for listening. You know, my wife Vicki and I have owned and operated our photography studio, V Gallery, for 20 years now. White House has been our lab for the last 16 of those years, and we could not be happier. White House is a family-run business, just like ours. If you haven't already, check them out at whcc.com. And if you want to drop me a line, feel free to email me at jed at whcc.com. I love the concept of working hard so you can play hard. I grew up that way. It's how my family rolled. I took pride in working hard so that it was possible to play hard. At the time, that's all the reason I needed. Ben Shirk might be one of the hardest working creatives out there, but he has several reasons to do so. He works hard so he can play hard with his wife, Sarah, and their three kids. Start off by um, just telling me who you are and giving a little bio. Uh, I'm Ben Shirk. That should be easy, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, you got that part right. <laughs> I am a, um, a photographer from Iowa and been lucky enough to get some good recognition from, for my work and um, do a lot of photograph, a lot of senior athletes, have some fun with that, um, have a three kids mm. and, uh, and a wife and uh, a pretty fun job. You and Sarah work together. Yep. Yep. How does that work? Uh, it actually works very well. She's she's very good at what she does, mm. and I've learned over the years that she's usually right, so just go with whatever she says. <laughs> is it like that? It's way easier. Yeah. Happy wife, happy life? Yep. It's, <laughs> she's, she's right more often than not, and yeah. either way, I don't really care about 30 seconds later, so, mm -hmm. so, and she does, so uh, if you faster you learn that in a relationship, I think the, the better it is. <laughs> what does she do in your business? Uh, she does uh, everything but the photography and sales, basically. No client interaction, but she does all the, the IT stuff. She does the website design. She does, she'll have final say on any images that leave the studio. Is that uh, right? Yeah. So you're on the front end and yeah. she's, she's on the back end, like you're the face. Yep. Yeah, she she does not like to talk to people, so that's why she also why she's here. absent from yep. this. Um, <laughs> so I had when I built the studio, I set up a receptionist desk, a nice receptionist desk down there, assuming that she'd be sitting there. Yeah, and uh, within the first two days, she was moved all her stuff up in my into where my office is, and she's like, "Nope, I am not sitting down there." Who sits there now? Nobody. There's, there's, no one's ever sat there. <laughs> It's just an open, just an open, open desk, desk yep. for some receptionist that yeah. doesn't exist. <laughs> yep. So, so seniors is your bread and butter, right? Like mm -hmm. that's what you're, that's what you're known for. When, when did this, when did this begin? Uh, well, my photography, um, business first started when it was a variety of things, but, uh, my, my wife took my uh, newborn son to mm. be photographed uh, by the, the mall photographers, picture people. <laughs> and I was, uh, I'd built my house. I'd put, built everything in it, like all the tables and like did everything. I built it from the ground up. You do that stuff too? Uh, yes. Okay. And uh, so when I came home, I, I had already considered myself an artist too. And, and I was like, I wanted to take his first picture. I was kind of insulted mm. that, you know, I wanted to have. Oh, you were upset. Yeah, I wanted to be able to take his pictures and put those on the wall and not have someone else's mm -hmm. hand in it. 
And she said that I would never make a good photographer. I, and oh. I wasn't good enough to take the pictures. Is that right? Yes. <laughs> now, you said that she's right all the time. Well, <laughs> except for that time. That's probably <laughs> been the biggest time. Um, so I said I was not good at the time. Right. She was, she was right at that moment. Right. But I said about trying to prove her wrong. So I started trying to take pictures and uh, um, kind of worked my way into it. Got met up with a um, friend's dad who owned a photography website company. Yeah. Went on a canoeing trip with him, and he hooked me up with a photographer site mm-hmm. um, before I even had any business. And so I had a website and uh, started just filling it in with pictures and slowly built up clients, offering base- all my work for basically nothing. Yeah. Doing lots of free sessions and um, had a lot of work, but no money. Describe the process of getting to the point where you were profitable. Um, for a lot of years, like I said, we were making, I was making zero money. Um, if I had $200 coming in, like from a, a week of work, the sessions, I was pretty happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and decided that I wanted, I was just tired of clients already, you know, right. even couple years into it getting burnt out and something needed to change so we decided to go to light pro mm-hmm. down in florida mm-hmm. and uh learn something and we had, had no connections in the industry we knew nobody i knew nothing about how to um shoot in aperture value or really man, like i just no no ideas on lighting or anything like mm-hmm. that and so um went down and learned a whole lot and basically applied all that information, uh, learned from people like Clark and Rachel Martin and, mm-hmm. um, Travis Googleman and all yeah. those people that, that, uh, were very knowledgeable and yeah, you know, just applied it and got to just the biggest change was actually starting to charge for it because then it made me improve my quality. I didn't wait to improve my quality and then raise my prices. I raised my prices and then had, that- had to, shoot better. Is that right? You raised your prices first to get them to a point where you can have a profitable business. Yep. And then that motivated you to do better. And that, well, my mindset is if I'm going to charge this much, I have to produce images that are worth it. Right. And so, yeah, it's, it was kind of the opposite of what most people think. Right. Right. It usually goes the other way. Yeah. Well, because most people are afraid to raise their prices. Yep. Were you? I was, my wife wasn't, she's like, she if you're, you're going to be wasting your time doing all this stuff instead of building on our house more, or like right. doing something, you're going to be actually making money. And so this is what right. we're going to charge. Right. Um, and she's an account, she graduated, uh, top of her class in accounting. So mm-hmm. she had a very good business mind and right. so she raised it and it worked out and we raised it more and it worked out and mm-hmm. we, we went from, we, um, came back from light pro and we went from $2 to, I think like eight dollars to fifteen dollars and then we went for it to 32 and then 48 and then 64 dollars uh a la carte in a year mm-hmm. all in one year yeah yep what was the beginning number uh two dollars two dollars yeah is what you charged for an four eight? by six five by sevens yeah yeah and then you got to 64 dollars in a year yep. yep how did that impact like your like did, did we, you lose? yeah we had we didn't have the customer information in place at that time we just <laughs> were raising prices yeah and so 
we had a, you know, a, a sheet, but the people who had booked a couple months in advance and stuff, we were raising our prices quite fast and we had some people not happy and it was probably our fault, but, uh, right. it got us to where we needed to go though. Right. Um, in order had, to actually continue doing yeah. it. And we had to, like, we had baby club members that we had to like refund their stuff. Cause obviously the prices changed so much that, yeah. yeah. um, didn't really work out, but it was again for the better. Right. Cause you got to where you had to be yeah. in order to continue to do it. Now you're known for your composites, right? Yes. How did that, how did that happen? How did you find that that was your niche or your specialty or what you really love to do? Before I even had a camera, I was working in Photoshop. I discovered it in college and loved it. I loved the manipulation of images. Mm. And so once I started taking pictures for clients, I was doing all the post work before they even saw them just for fun of it. And so, so you were doing a bunch of stuff I was on doing spec a whole lot of beginning. work yeah, yeah. To, to any, all the images before they even looked at them right. and then loading them online and then hoping they'd buy something, <laughs> um, which didn't work out very well, but, uh, um, take note everybody. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't that, work out very that well. It's not, it's not a smart way to run that. <laughs> I'm interested in what drew you to that in the beginning. Like you, you, I didn't know that you'd built your house and you even did all of that. Do you look at digital manipulation or digital compositing similar to carpentry and that you're like, you're building something. Yeah. I love creating. I, I'm always, always making something. We've, I think I remodeled four houses last year. What you do? What? Yeah. We, we bought a bunch of houses and remodeled them and flipped them. And, um, so I gutted them and, so yeah. you do that too? Like, yeah, like I, that's what I grew up doing. I mean, my dad was a shop teacher, so he taught me all the ins and outs of electricity and plumbing and really all that stuff. And so, yeah, we, and we don't small town, Iowa, we don't have any code, so I can do <laughs> all the work. I can do gas lines. I can, I really, you know, I was just going to ask you about all that. What about, no, I do everything. I, I mean, we, I run in a backhoe and dug footings and <laughs> poured my own cement and built my own walls or my own what in the world and electricity. you're blowing my mind right now i i just always picture you sitting behind uh, a, a monitor deep into the night with your tablet in your lap and just constantly compositing like, i do that time. i do that most of the time but like there's there's not a whole lot of time i just i'm sitting still so we're all, we we're always doing something to better our business or our mm-hmm. lives or our family or something like that so mm-hmm. It's not, uh, my growing up, my parents were very, uh, um, strict kind of like we were, we were always doing something. It was not like you never just sat there to watch TV. You really worked and did stuff and then we're going somewhere to do something else. And there's a lot of working going on. Yeah. Your work ethic is even stronger than what I anticipated it to be. And it's from your parents. Yeah. My, my my mother grew up on a dairy farm, mm. one of 11 kids. And, you know, they were always up by four and, mm-hmm. um, had lots of stuff to do. And she continued that no matter what. I mean, she probably mows the lawn six times a week and <laughs> oh, just always working, always, always working. getting things yep. done. Yep. There's always something going on. And so, um, it just kind of kept minds that mindset in athlete athleticism and even my business now really helps. Right. Cause you're a wrestler too. Yes. And what are the things that you learned in wrestling that help you and as a photographer and a business person? Um, the fact that if I, 
it just taught me that in wrestling, especially, you know, you're out there on the mat by yourself. So everything depends on you and not, yeah. you can't, you're not blaming another teammate for missing right. a tackle. You or, can't do that. Yeah. It's, it's all you. So, um, just being able to, um, rely on yourself and put the work in and not like, not wait for someone else to hopefully do it. What do you do to sharpen those skills? I mean, with wrestling, you can work out, um, you can wrestle with people and actually get down on the mat and make it happen. What do you do photographically to stay on top of your game, to sharpen your skills, to constantly improve and get better? I think I, I look at it as a challenge. I mean, it's, it's basically the same as wrestling is where it's like you're there to better yourself. And so when I um, basically always trying to improve, I mean, that's that's what I'm working on. Um, I look at lots lots of images. Um, I create mood boards and different things like that, mm -hmm. for especially for my competition images. Mm -hmm. I spend a great deal of time just trying to figure out the color tones and uh, you know I, I might have an idea but there's it's takes a very very long time to refine that idea to get mm -hmm. it to a point where it's going to have some kind of impact mm -hmm. and most people ask like how long did that take to do in photoshop and yeah. that's that's minimal compared to the kind of envisioning of the final product is that right like oh, that yeah. that piece is the big piece oh yeah yes certainly the envisioning process or yeah I've, I've been i started uh for this year's i started like mid-december yeah and i've still probably you know four or five hours a day i spend trying to figure out those and i haven't even started yet <laughs> is that right yeah so much more than I thought. I feel like you have more hours in your day than I do. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Well, um, we've, we've kind of, I guess, narrowed down the scope of, 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 we don't accept very many clients anymore, mm -hmm. uh, just because we want to be very, 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 um, high end. Right. Um, so it, not having lots of clients come through our door and not mm -hmm. accepting lots of people allows us to like concentrate more on the things that we really want to do. Right. Right. And your prices reflect that. Yep. I mean, they're, they're, they're probably substantially high and you don't need then a lot of clients in order to stay viable. Correct. Yes. We, 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 we've realized that we, what we do is valuable and we've been lucky to get some great marketing, mm. um, through some, some, uh, TV stations and different stuff that have done the, run interviews with us. Right. And so, uh, it's allowed that perception of like throughout the United States, our clients come from all over the they do. United States. You get them from everywhere. Yes. Yeah. You've been, you've had some national coverage. Yeah. We were on uh, today's show right. and, uh, CBS and NBC and <laughs> IPTV and That's yeah. some decent exposure. Yeah, it was a, we had a pretty good year last year. <laughs> So you said you look at a lot of images, um, you're creating your mood boards, you're looking around and, and being inspired by lots of different sources. Who, who rocks your world? Who's great? I really like old master painters. Mm. I, I love yep. the, like the, the rich tones and the lighting that the they lighting. can portray and just the, the, the posing, the the posing is amazing. I mean, it's not just like someone standing there leaning on someone else. It's just this, they're just the, the motion and the, the, that it conv conveys in their body language is mm -hmm. just so nice. And so, it's so just you're intentionally a lot of time. incorporating that into your work. 
Uh, for my competition stuff, certainly. Yeah. Um, for my athletic client stuff, I'm not really referencing old masters as okay. much. Um, but do you reference anything, or is that for my just- for my client work? I hmm. It's half inspired by them. I have ideas as far as uh, looking at Nike and, and right. Under Armour and, and such the commercial right. images, but most of the time that completely changes once I start my, yeah. like interacting with the client once and they going, throw right. some ideas out there and, and things happen. So it's it's a nice um it's it's a nice balance. Now you guys talking about balance, that's a good segue actually to this. You talked about your work ethic that you got from your parents. And it sounds like you guys keep a lot on your plate on purpose. Like you, you load yourself down with things to do and ways to stay busy. Yeah. You said to improve your life for your family, three kids, right? Yep. Yeah. How does that, how do you transfer that to them? How do you instill that ethic in your kids? Uh, we, we do, I think feel, I feel we do a really good job instilling it through, um, just talking about why we're doing our, those, those certain things. Like when we're working late at night and Mm -hmm. like getting our kids to realize we're not just, you know, messing around. We're doing this so that we can afford to do the things we want to do. Right. Which is what, um, travel and and have fun and go boating on the weekends Mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that where, um, there's a lot of people that just sit at home and just watch TV and right. go to bed. You stay active, you get out there and you have fun together. So you make time for leisure activities as well. Oh yeah. We do every weekend in the summer, we go boating. So we're on the, the river or yeah. lake yeah. every single weekend. Yep. Um, we take those all, all weekends, all summer weekends are. So, so you have like a work hard, play hard mentality. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah, uh, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully that's what it was. What we're working towards. Um, the, the kids can, uh, you know, see that work ethic instilled in them. And my my boys, they're fourteen and, and eleven, and they help me remodel the houses. I mean, they, they can they they, they work. can they can build walls, and they've yep. taught them how to do electricity. And mm-hmm. um, they did tuck pointing, you know, on on cement. Whatever. And so we just finished remodeling our basement and put a big game room. But they had to do a lot of the work. We had to dig. Um, it was an old dirt floor yep. and we, we dug out f- over 500 five gallon buckets of dirt out of there. We had a shovel in a bucket. They handed out the, the window and I would have to dump it in a wheelbarrow and wheel it to the trailer. And they, they helped me the whole thing. Your, your kids are going to be full of muscles like you just from doing that stuff. They don't even have to go to the gym. <laughs> well, they, we try to keep them, keep them appreciative and they, they love it. My, my oldest son, once cold weather started coming around this year, he's like, it feels like it's going to be like house remodel time. Like we have a house going on. Like this is what we should be doing this year. Why do you care so much about it? Like you've seen it the way that it's manifested in your life. So you want to pass that on to your kids? Yeah, I want them to be a like I don't want want them to be <sighs> spoiled brats, I yeah. guess, and just think that you know things are gonna roll that way. Like we we are very lucky in that we have money to do things, mm-hmm. and my kids get to enjoy that life. But I don't want them to just to think that's how it's gonna be in their whole life. They're not gonna like grow up and like all of a sudden keep having money. Right. They have to realize that there's gonna be some work involved to get to work that for point. It. Yep. How do you combat all the various, well, I'll say distractions, especially for boys that age? 
um, through media and and social media, not just social media, but even things like movies and video games and all the things that lead to a sedentary life, even as a teen or a preteen. Sure. My, my boys are definitely very big into video games. Um, <laughs> right. They, the Fortnite, you know, everybody's right. playing that and right. all their friends are there. Uh, we actually, that basement we just got finished remodeling is an entire game room. So mm-hmm. there's like four monitors where they all game against each other and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But we, we make sure like my, my oldest son would spend his entire life not leaving that computer if he could. Yeah. And so he, we tell him, you know, you need to go out and go to like, you need to be out for a sport. You don't have to compete and win, right. but you have to go out there, practice with other people. You got to play something. And, and be be working right. out, moving your body. And right. so he, he we're a big wrestling family. Um, right. And he never really loved wrestling growing up. Oh, he's like, I don't want to go out, like go out for wrestling. And I was like, you're going to have to, you can't just sit here. Right. You need to get a workout in. You might as well be with your friends right. and interacting with people. And then when you come home, you can work out or right. be on the video games or something. But right. we're just constantly reminding them that, you know, what, what did you get out of sitting there today? What, why did that better you? Did you, did you improve yourself? Did you interact with, do you have more friends now? Yeah. Do you, you know, just kind of reminding them, not forcing them to make like not be on video games, but like getting them to reflect on what decisions they made and how it got them to be better, what it brought to their lives. Do you and Sarah in the whole work hard, play hard mentality, you're on the same page, I assume. Yeah. She seems to be anyway <laughs> to me. True. Do you guys, are you guys very intentional? about making time for yourselves? Uh, for ourselves, between Sarah and I, we yeah. don't make as much time. I mean, most of our time is spent with the kids. Yeah. Like that's, that's where we realize that we, you know, the time is finite there. Right. Um, and, uh, cause they're just getting older. Yep. And, there's, there's, right. and that's, you know, that's the entire thing is about the kids, you know, mm-hmm. that's why, what our lives are about. And mm-hmm. so, we don't unfortunately get as much time to do date nights, but we go on like, you know, trips to here to PPI, right. Iowa here. and different things like that, right. um, where we do have, you know, alone time without the kids, but most of that is then spent with friends, but we're always just, I mean, we work together all day long. Right. I mean, so you do have a lot of time together. We it's have a like lot of time together. It's not, yeah, it's, but it's not, um, I think we're just, it's, we value the kids. I mean, if we're going right. to be, doing something we'd much rather have our kids together. So like last year we went to Australia for three weeks right. with the kids. I watched that happen. And, that and was she, fun. Re- she refused to go without them. She was like, I'm not going to leave and be gone from the kids for that right. long. Right. Um, and I'm totally glad they came because right. it was an incredible journey. Yeah. They'll always remember that one. Yeah. What up until now is the best thing that's happened to you or that has occurred in your photographic career? best memory maybe or best thing that has happened that you're happiest about or proudest about or most excited about? Hmm. I would say the, the time I was most excited in my photography career would probably be when I, um, won my first time I won an actual award, hmm. um, in, uh, it was the non-masters here at Iowa. I won the top non-masters and both Dan McClanahan and I, the year before had set our goals together the year before and we like had completely bombed everything, yeah. um, that we were going to be number one and number two. And I think we were that year. Is that right? Um, so, 
So it's pretty, it's pretty amazing just to achieve that goal and set that, you know, the year before and, and realize that we were able to accomplish that and where we could go from there. It just kind of made me realize that it is possible to, to get there, you know, to be part of the, you know, stepping into a photography community where these, all these amazing photographers Mm -hmm. and you're learning from them and uh, obviously wanting to aspire to be like them. And I realized the path was available there. There was a way to get there. Talk about the McClanahan's a little bit. I I feel as though you guys have kind of, over the last several years, burst onto the scene together. And here you are from the same state. Yep. Um, Although you're not really close geographically, you are from the same state. Yeah, we're about Um, two and a half hours apart or so. Right. And you do some of the same type of work. How has how has him and, and, and Alex and what they've been doing helped you and Sarah and what you guys have been doing? Uh, well, I think it's just kind of a, a mutual benefit where we kind of bounce ideas occasionally off each other and right. like, um, even pricing or something like that, business ideas. Right. Uh, we just, just kind of, you know, we're, we're both aspire to have a really nice, like a great business and a great family. And I think that, um, we're kind of have the end goals in the same spot and we're both driven. And so it's just kind of pushing each other up the ladder, each, each one doing something and the other one, uh, you're pushing each other. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want to accomplish that you haven't? My wife asked me that (laughs) a lot, actually. (laughs) She does. Yes. She said, what's your next goal? What do you yeah. want to do? Yeah. Um, and cause goals are very important. You know, that's, it's got me where I am today, but man, I am pretty happy where I'm at. Um, I, yeah. you know, we get to spend a great deal of time with our family. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to do the things we like. And, uh, uh, so I, I don't know what my next goal is. I don't know why she keeps asking. Yeah. I haven't been <laughs> you able don't to have come an up answer one. yet. No, she's, she asked me that quite a bit and I haven't been able to <laughs> say because I'm happy where I don't right. have to go anywhere really. I mean, I right. get to hang out with friends and, and do fun things. And so I would just say making sure I'm able to maintain, which is not an easy thing either. What, what do you have to do to maintain? I have to stay relevant in the industry because, um, I, I certainly want to still be able to teach and, and things like that. Um, I have to continually come up with some new, new ideas, yeah. especially just new looks because uh, when I first got into it, not, you know, the athletic Photoshop t- background type stuff, there wasn't a lot of people doing it. Right. And now it's, it's, there's a lot of people doing it. Yeah. There's a couple others out there. Um, so <laughs> I, I have to, continually kind of push myself harder. And a lot of people ask, so why do you teach it then? Like it obviously just makes it harder to have that unique look. But if I'm going to do something that's, you know, I don't want to keep having the same look for the rest of my life and be stuck in the nineties or whatever. I need to be like push myself and get out of that comfort zone. And the best way to do that is like teach it. Yeah. Teach it. And so others do it. And then I have to force myself to do something else. Do something new which is, I don't know where that's going to go, but we'll see. Right. How do people find you? Where do they go? Uh, we have a, my website is shirkphotography.com. Uh, I have my, um, my photographer's site with a bunch of backgrounds and templates and, and different things. That's uh, gamechangers.shirkphotography.com. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook just under shirkphotography. 
Thanks, man. I appreciate you doing this. It was cool. Keep working hard and playing hard. Thanks, Jed. Thanks, Jed.